Don't worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us to begin with in the Word of God in the book of Psalms. Psalm 1, beginning at verse 1. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. But not the wicked. They are like worthless chafe scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. All of the book of Psalms. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power, the grace, and the strength that rests upon your word. And thank you for the opportunity for us to open your word every day and spend time with you one-on-one as you speak words of life, blessing, grace, peace, power, and encouragement into our hearts and our lives. Lord, anoint us all afresh with the spirit of grace that would encourage us to be wise enough to fill our hearts with your word every day of our lives. Thank you, Lord, for that opportunity. Help us to live that and help us to encourage others to do the same. We thank you and we praise you. And Lord, just even the habit of reading three chapters a day, help us to realize the wisdom of it and walk that wisdom out. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Isaac Jackson is our producer. He's going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. Hey, Father, thank you so much for these moments. And Father, I ask that you'd speak to us now. I ask that you'd speak through this broadcast and that our lives would be changed Father, I ask that you'd grow us in maturity, that you'd grow us in desire for your word, and that uh, we'd respond to it, that we'd live it out, that we'd be active in uh, not not just being hearers, but that it would become a lifestyle, it would become part of our identity as we become more and more like you. Thank you, Father, in your holy name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Isaac. And thank you for being a part of our listening family. And keep in mind, on a pretty regular basis, we're encouraging you, if you don't have the habit already, of reading the word of God every day today. Is a good day to start that habit. I want to remind you that, like it or not, every one of us deal with spiritual warfare. And one of the great weapons that we have that empowers us and equips us for the battlefield of life is the Word of God and spending time reading and meditating on the Word of God, even though it might seem like a passive pastime. The reality is it's a wonderful way to equip yourself with the powerful weapon of the sword of the Spirit, God's Word. Uh, Looking in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 10, it tells us these words. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the, of the devil. 
Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me, too. Ask God to give me the right word so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I am in chains now, still preaching this message of God's as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him. Verses 10 to 20, Ephesians chapter 6. So once again, if you if you don't already have the habit of reading at least three chapters in your Bible every day, today is a great day to start that very important habit. Well, we're very blessed and honored to have with us in studio today a number of students from Tupelo Christian Preparatory School, and they're actually going to help us to read the Word of God. They're going to be reading from the book of Philippians today. They're going to read the book of Philippians for us, and we have a number of students from Tupelo Christian Preparatory School. They include Marion Francis, Micah, Piper, Avery, Carter, Gibson, Bob, Branley Gray, Will, and John Harvey. Again, they're going to read the book of Philippians for us and Psalms 1 and 2. And so uh, we'll get started at this time. This letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. I am writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the church leaders and deacons. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. For it is right that I should feel all I do about all of you, for you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I pray that your love will overflow more and more, that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Christ Jesus, this will bring much glory and praise to God. And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. Everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. It's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know I've been appointed to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely intending to make my change more painful to me. But that doesn't matter. Whether their motives are false or genuine, the message about Christ is being preached either way. So I rejoice. I will continue to rejoice, for I know that as you pray for me and the Spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but I will continue to be bold for Christ. As I've been in the past, 
and I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ whether I live or die. For to me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I want to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. Knowing this, I am convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help all you grow and experience the joy of your faith. And when I come to you again, you will have ever more reason to take pride in Christ Jesus because of what he is doing throughout me. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourself in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I come and see you ever again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and can and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved, even by God himself. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past, and you know I'm still in the midst of it. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from His love, any fellowship together in in the Spirit, or your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, he elevated him. He elevated him to a place of highest honor and gave him the name of above all other names. That was the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God and the Father. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. Now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Do everything without complaining and arguing, so that no one can criticize you. Live clean and innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and persuasive people. Hold firmly to the world of life. Then on the day of Christ's returns, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. But I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid, offering it to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. 
and I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should. Yes, you should rejoice, and I will share your joy. If the Lord Jesus is willing, I hope to send Timothy to you soon for a visit. Then he can cheer me up by telling me how you are getting along. I have no one else like Timothy who generously cares about your welfare. All the others care only for themselves and do not for what matters to Jesus Christ. But you know how Timothy has provided himself like a son. With his father, he has served with me in preaching the good news. I hope to send him to you just as soon as I find out what is going to happen to me here. And I have confidence from the Lord that I myself will come to see you soon. Meanwhile, I thought I should send Ephroditus back to you. He is a true brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, and he was your messenger to help me in my need. I am singeing him because he has been long to see you, and he is very distressed that you heard he was ill. And he certainly was ill. In fact, he almost died, but God had mercy on him and also on me, so that I will not have one sorrow after another. So I am not more anxious to send him back to you, for I know you will be glad to see him, and there will I will not be so worried about you. Welcome him in the Lord's love and with great joy, and give him the honor that people like will, him will deserve. For he risked his life for the work of Christ, and he was at the point of death while doing it for me. What you could, couldn't do from far away. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we're reading through the Word of God. We'll be right back.
music of Planet Shakers with Only Way, reminding us that Jesus Christ is the only way to eternal salvation and eternal life. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Again, we appreciate you being a part of our listening family. Today, we have the privilege of having students from Tupelo Christian Preparatory School, and they're reading through the Word of God for us and with us, and we're reading through the book of Philippians. And so now, we will pick up once again in Philippians chapter 3. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith. Watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Jesus Christ has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. Though I could have confidence in my own effort, if anyone could, indeed, if others have a reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I am pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew, if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church, and I was for righteous. I, was o- I obeyed the law without fault. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything is worthless when I compare the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For His sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with Him. I no longer count on my own righteous through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with Himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised Him from the dead. I want to suffer with Him, sharing His death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say it that I have already achieved these things or what I have already reached or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to poses that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what Elias had. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree or on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Christ Jesus lives. 
and we are eagerly waiting for Him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like His own, using the same power with which we, we, He will bring everything under His control. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. Now I appeal to you, Odia and Syntyche, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women, for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are written in the book of life. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting in pra into practice all you learned and received from my, me everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or everything. I have learned the, the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ and He gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me my, finan my financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonia, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want, you, I want to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all read and more. I aren't generously supplied with gifts you sent me with the at the moment I have all read and more I are generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus they are sweet smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God and this is the same God who takes care of me with Supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now, Ollie, glory to God, our Father, forever and ever. 
Amen. Give my greetings to each of God's holy people who belong to Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you their greetings, and all the rest of God's people send you greetings too, especially those in Caesar's household. May grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Are the joys of those who don't follow the advice of the wicked or stand around or join to them and sit in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating it on day and night. They are trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. They are but not the wicked, like are they are like worthless shafts scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly, for the Lord watches over the path of the godly but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. Why are the nations so angry? Why do they waste their time with futile plans? The kings on the earth prepare for battle. The rulers to plot together against the Lord and his anointed one. Let us break the chains, they cry, and set ourselves free from the slavery to God. But the one who rules in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then in anger he rebukes them, terrifying them with his fierce fury. For the Lord declares, I have placed my chosen king on the throne in Jerusalem, on my holy mountain. The king proclaims he, the Lord decrees, the, the Lord said to me, You're my son, today I have become your father. Only ask, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance, the world as your possession, and you will break them with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. Now then, you kings, act wisely. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice trembling. Submit to God's Son, and He will become angry at you, and you will be destroyed in the midst of all your activities, for His anger flares up against in an instant. But what joy you have fought for all who take refuge in him. All right. Thank you so much. Again, you've been listening to students from Tupelo Christian Preparatory School, and they read through the book, uh, the entire book of Philippians for us and Psalms 1 and 2. And now Micah is going to lead us in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this amazing day you have given us pray that you'll give us another great day that we can wake up and just acknowledge your amazing power i pray that you'll just wrap your loving arms and comfort those who are in times of trouble i just pray that you will help the homeless get back on their feet i just pray that um the non-believers can come to know you and they're able to glorify you thank you for all you've given us thank you for john Christ for us and she's my pray amen amen Amen. And now, uh, Brantley Gray is going to lead us in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. I pray for those who don't believe in you. Maybe 
um, there could be someone who could send, like you sent. I know many people inside of my church who have touched people's hearts because they went to places that were dangerous or anywhere, and they've gone to share your word. I pray that you could do that to someone and change someone's heart, Lord. I pray for those who are homeless and who are thrown on the streets. Lord, I pray for those kids who couldn't help for the fact it happened. Lord, I also pray um, that you just blessing our hearts and keeping us safe. And we remember how your son Jesus died for us and how all of our sin has... Um, gone to him and he paid the price lord thank you for everything in jesus name i pray amen 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 and father thank you lord for the work the ministry and the mission of tupelo christian preparatory school and thank you for the privilege of having these young people to come and read your word and lord i pray that you would use their voices as they read as they have read your precious word to encourage other young people and adults to become diligent students of your word more and more help us to grow an understanding of the fact that we need to be filling our minds and our hearts with your word every day help us teach us and empower us and equip us to walk in your word every day of our lives and lord help us as parents to be wise enough to to start the habit in our homes of having our children to read your word out loud to us every single day Help us to be mindful, Lord, that your word in the midst of a world that's pouring, trying to pour toxic darkness into the minds and the hearts of so many children, your word is pure light. Thank you for the fact that there's nothing better for our children and youth than your word. Help us to be mindful of that and help us to be wise enough to make it a high priority to fill the minds and the hearts of our children with your word every single day. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for us as a nation. Thank you for us as the church. Thank you for your hand of grace upon us. Help us, Lord, as the church and as a nation to put you first. Help us to make no graven images. Help us, Lord, to not take your name in vain. Help us, Lord, to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Help us, Lord, to honor our fathers and our mothers. Help us, Lord, to not murder. Help us to not commit adultery. Help us to not steal. Help us to tell the truth. And help us to not covet. In Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you and we praise you, Lord. And with every passing day, more and more empower the church to make discipling our children and youth the high priority you would have us to make it. We thank and praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession. We'll be right back. Then everything else just falls in line 
Music of Toby Mac with It's You. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Again, we appreciate you being a part of our listening family. We did have earlier in the uh, first two segments students from the Tupelo Christian Preparatory School who read through the book of Philippians and Psalms 1 and 2 for us, and we really do appreciate them coming and being a part of this broadcast. And I want to share in this final segment uh, one or two articles that deal with the importance of us really making it the priority that God would have us to, the priority of discipling our children and our young people. This first article is entitled, Children Who Read the Word of God. Psalm 119, verse 105, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Again, Psalm 119, verse 105. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Again, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13. Then Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Again, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Then Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Again, Deuteronomy 6 verses 4 to 9. Many parents have never encouraged their children to read the word of God out loud to them. It's simply not been a priority for many, many families. Christian parents often take their children to Sunday school and church, and that's a great thing. That's very important. But sadly, having their children read the Word of God out loud to them every day, along with church attendance, has just not been as important as it should be for many homes. Allow me to make a case for why it would be very wise to change this reality. Consider this important question and the answers to it. What happens when a child reads the Word of God? What takes place in the life of a young person who is faithfully taking time to read God's Word every single day? That child is spending time with Jesus. He or she is spending time interacting with Jesus as they take time to read His Word. That child is spending time listening to the wisdom, grace, power, and insight of the creator of the universe. See John chapter 1, verse 1, John six sixty three, and Romans 12, 1 and 2. What more productive activity could your child possibly be doing? That young person is receiving the most powerful, life-changing, and uplifting insight in all of the universe. The transforming power of the Word of God is working on the mind and heart of this young person. The Word of God is impacting this youth in many very fruitful ways. See Romans 12, 1 and 2, and Proverbs chapters 1 and 2. This youth is spending time in the presence of Christ and God. And when any person spends time in the presence of God, he or she will not be the same on the other side of that time. See John chapter 1, verse 1. 
Researchers at the Center for Bible Engagement found some interesting insights about the importance of and place of reading Scripture in the life of a believer. According to their research, the life of someone who engages and spends time in Scripture four or more times a week looks radically different from the life of someone who does not. They discovered that the lives of believers who do not engage the Bible most of the most most days of the week, three days or less, are statistically the same as the lives of as unbelievers. They're, again, they're statistically the same as the lives of unbelievers. Spending time reading and meditating on Scripture daily is much more important than so many believers really grasp. So, parents, if you begin the family habit of having your child read the Word of God out loud to you daily, great things can begin to happen in your child's heart. Why is it important for your child to read out loud to you, the parent? Because you know for sure that he or she has spent time reading the Word of God on that given day. Sometimes a parent may tell a child, go read your Bible. Maybe the child will, maybe he or she will not. Our children are human beings. And as much and as much as we like to think our children will do exactly what we tell them, that's not always the case. When you make time each day to have them read the Word of God out loud to you, you can know this for a fact. You know that they've spent time reading the Word on that given day. Children and youth today are filling their minds with something. Sadly, too often, too many children are, spend, are filling their minds with darkness, toxic toxic information, and wicked worldly thinking and perspectives. Too many youths have filled their minds with pornography, online garbage, demonic insights from dark movies and TV shows, horror movies, etc. And too many youths spend hours playing dark video games and doing things online that are very negative spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and otherwise. The blessed word of God is pure light. There's absolutely nothing better for our children spiritually, mentally, and emotionally than the Word of God. We're told in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The Word of God heals all the ills of life. It's pregnant with the ability to bless us. The transforming power of God's Word is undeniable. Its power It is powerful, and it is very mighty in every way for good. Beginning the habit of having your child read God's Word out loud daily to you is very fruitful and productive. It's a great way to help focus the power of God's Word into and onto the lives of our children. Today is a great day to start this family discipleship goal with your children. It'll help produce eternal fruit in their hearts and their lives. The title of that article, again, Children Who Read the Word of God. And keep, keep in mind that if you'd like to get a copy of the article, simply email us at joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'll be glad to share the article with you. And our encouragement is that you'll use it in the discipleship of your own family. But also, we encourage you to prayerfully consider sharing it with others as well, sending it to fellow church members or uh, fellow uh, workers on your job or wherever else the Lord leads, but sharing it with others so that they too can benefit from its use. Then briefly, one additional article we'd like to share. It's actually an excerpt, um, 
the following. It's an excerpt from the book, the, the book I wrote entitled The Intercession Chronicles, which is basically a parable uh, story about prayer. And it's an evangelism and discipleship tool about prayer as well. And the book is meant to help strengthen a believer's prayer life. The name of the book, again, The Intercession Chronicles. And the article is entitled, again, the excerpt from The Intercession Chronicles. It's entitled, The Cat from Heaven. Uncle Jesse, I want a cat, said Lizzie, my eight-year-old niece. Well, Lizzie, you need to talk to your mom and the Lord. You need to talk to your mom and the Lord about your getting a cat, I told her. I had been visiting with, with my sister Elaine and her family for three days and really enjoyed talking with little Lizzie. Lizzie had only recently accepted Jesus into her heart as her Lord and Savior, and I saw how she seemed to have a great hunger for the Word of God. She was reading her Bible every day, faithfully reading her three chapters a day, and she was really learning how to pray. If your mom says you can get one, the Lord has lots of cats. He does? Well, where does he keep them? said Lizzie. Well, I suppose he's got lots of them in heaven, I replied. Okay, well, I'm going to ask Mom, said Lizzie as she hurried out of the room. Mom, Lizzie said to her mother very enthusiastically, can I have a cat? No, you may not. We don't need a cat, said Lizzie's mom very firmly. Uncle Jesse said he thinks God has lots of cats in heaven, she responded very seriously. Oh, he did, did he? Elaine said with a slight smile on her face. No, we we don't need a cat. Please, Mom, I would take good care of him and you wouldn't have to do anything for her, pleaded Lizzie. Lizzie, I tell you what. Uncle Jesse thinks the Lord has lots of cats in heaven. You can have one if the Lord sends you one, said Elaine. And with that, Elaine assumed the matter was over. Little did Elaine realize that her words simply fired up her daughter Lizzie. Lizzie left the room where her mother was and went and told Uncle Jesse, I'm going to pray for the Lord to send me a cat. Mom said I could have one if the Lord sent me one. Well, Lizzie, I'm going to pray and believe the Lord with you for one, replied Uncle Jesse. Lizzie then marched out of the house and into the backyard and walked onto the back patio and got down on her knees and began to petition her Heavenly Father for a cat. About ten minutes later, Lizzie hurried back into the house. Mom, she shouted, the Lord sent me a cat. There in Lizzie's arms was a pretty gray and white, very frightened little small kitten. Where did you get that cat, shouted her mother. I was in the backyard, and I had just finished praying for the Lord to give me a cat. Then all of a sudden, this kitten came flying from the sky and landed in the bushes. God sent me a cat from heaven, and he answered me real fast. Elaine was speechless, and she was also very unhappy with herself for her words she had shared with her little Lizzie just a little while before. Change of scene. Daniel the angel. Here's a scene with Daniel the angel. Daniel? What is your main assignment today, asked Isaac, his supervising angel. Well, my main task today is I'm to deliver a cat to Lizzie, Jesse's niece, replied Daniel. Do you know yet where you're going to get the cat? Daniel replied, I do indeed. Change of scene back on earth. Pastor Johnson, a retired pastor who lived in the neighborhood, was a little frustrated. His cat had a litter of five kittens. However, one of the little kittens seemed to be stuck up a small tree. A dog had frightened and chased the little gray and white kitten up the tree, and Pastor Johnson couldn't get the little one down. Well, he had an idea. I'll take a rope and tie it to a tree and tie the other end of my bumper. Then I can slowly pull the car forward and reach the cat. I'm a genius. 
Well, for time reasons, we're, we're out of time. If you'd like to get a copy, copy of the article entitled The Cat from Heaven, simply email us, joseph at afr.net. We'll be glad to get it to you. As we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you are listening today and you've never invited Jesus Christ into your heart as the Lord and Savior of your life, today is a good day to be saved. If you'd like to make that step and fully commit your heart and life to Christ and be saved, would you simply from your heart pray this prayer with me right now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much. You came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. In your word, you told us, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you all my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we're very much wanting to be in touch with you. We'd like to share with you some literature and resource material that will help you to begin to grow up and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Please email us again, my email, joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. And we'll look forward to sharing some resource discipleship material with you right away. Again, we hope to hear from you again, joseph at afr.net. If you wanted to get copies of either of the articles we shared, the first article is entitled, Children Who Read the Word of God. And the second article is entitled, The Cat from Heaven. Simply email us, same email, joseph at afr.net. We'll be glad to get one or both of those to you. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.